eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On The Bench. I am your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I'm joined by Chris Nee, Zach Blostein. Together, we will unite to create a unified front as FSU goes into battle here in these last few days. Why are you smiling, Zach? What's funny? I'm rambling? Just No, I'm just thinking about the last few days and how crazy it's been. <laughs> yeah, well, tis the season. FSU marches into the early signing period on Wednesday. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Stuff, as I like to say, is fluid. Recruitments are still developing. They're ongoing. God knows like when this podcast is actually produced in the next like hour and a half to two hours. What could change? If anything's changed, it'll certainly all change by Wednesday with the early signing period coming up and uh, transfer targets in flux and, and all that stuff. We're going to try our very best to be as accurate, timely with it as possible, uh, be thorough, and then you know, it'll all just be like dust in the wind a few hours afterwards. But it's a life we're living, right, Chris? Yep. The Joker. Fat Joker 2.0. Okay. Uh, let's start off with, I think, the two headlines. It's the most important position on the field, quarterback. Cam Ward was here for a few days on an official visit, followed by, almost immediately, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, we're both here. We're going to talk about what we got from them, some scoop, all that stuff. Um but Zach, I'll throw this to you. Like as we digest what we know right now, the information for the two sourcing, all that stuff. Like, 
how are we feeling about Florida State's prospects with both the transfer quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a really good move by Florida State to bring them in, not obviously overlapping their visits, but bring them in back to back. Um, because then you get a really clear comparison between the two. We knew, uh, you know, you talked about Brendan before the weekend, how they were going to be evaluating both of these guys as much as, you know, those two guys were evaluating Florida State. I think that was a huge part of, you know, what Florida State was looking to do, like you said. And coming out of the weekend, I think they got a really good idea of um, how those guys function, you know, how they're going to process information within Florida State's offense, you know, if they were to join the team for the 2024 season. And then, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State sits in a good spot for both. Um, I think, you know, the DJU recruitment's kind of in a holding pattern right now, just because I think that largely relies on what Cam Ward decides to do. If he goes to Miami, then I think it's pretty clear that FSU will turn all of its attention on landing DJU. If Cam Ward ends up in FSU's class, then uh, it's pretty likely Florida State moves on from DJU. Christopher, you were uh, you were on the bench to watch both of these happenings of players arriving, leaving. You were able to interview DJU. Uh, I was able to interview Cam Ward's dad, Calvin Ward. So you're very familiar with, I guess, what was said by both, the vibes, if you will, uh, for both quarterbacks. Uh, what is your take, your perspective on um, – on those two recruitments and maybe more importantly for our audience, like what are the takeaways from the conversations we've had with them on record? Well, I had some conversations with folks familiar with recruitments too. So I, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in what their approach, both FSU and the two individuals in their camps are. Uh, with regards to Cam, I think it's a much more condensed timeline. I think we have a clear picture of where he's going by the time Wednesday rolls around or on Wednesday at the latest. Chris. What? That's amazing. I was going to talk about a timeline and go into this whole bit about how you always tell us to never talk about timelines. Um, but I think it's very important and pertinent here. You're, it, I don't like timelines when it's an individual situation, but this is a two-person situation. DJU, as he spoke about, you can see in the video that we did with him yesterday as he left, he has a patient approach to it. You know, He's not sure about other visits. He's not in a rush. That's kind of been consistently reinforced when we've had discussions about him. I think he is willing to wait. I think that plays a positive role for FSU. If Cam Ward were to decide to go to Miami or elsewhere between now and then, I think FSU feels confident in DJU. I think they like both of them. We've been asked plenty who do we think 1A, 1B is. You know, I have a personal preference. I don't know FSU's preference. I don't have that definitively from them. I'm not going to act like I do. You know, personal preference, I like Cam Ward a lot. I think the ceiling is higher with Cam Ward. But I also think DJU is a really good quarterback. I think he's an ultra-mature Individual who's played a ton of collegiate snaps. I think he can be very, very successful in Florida State system. I don't really think you can go wrong with either, personally. But again, I think it comes down to timeline. Cam Ward, more likely 48, 72 hours out from a decision. DJU seems to be a little bit more willing to be patient, take it a little bit further. So FSU is able to play that. You don't push for either to do it. You just hope it plays out as you expect it to play out. And it will play out in a manner that works for FSU where they will come away with one of two either way. So I think you're saying you don't push for it. Um, I agree with that in principle, uh, an actual execution, like signing day is coming up. 
FSU, and to be clear, you're not signing either quarterback in this, these next two days. They will enroll when they enroll. So you can get a commitment from one of them, and those recruitments can continue to go on. That's not usually how it works, but uh, what you are doing is you are trying to get finalization on where you stand with Jeremiah Smith, number one player in the country, a wide receiver, would probably have a vested interest in knowing who's going to be throwing him the football in 2024. Even say someone like uh, K.J. Bolden, like I think our Auburn site has reported before, like that quarterback's important just to know what the direction of the team is. And so like, these are important. This, this is an extremely important recruitment. I think you're in a really good position for both of them, Chris. I feel comfortable with both. I think FSU feels comfortable with both. But if Cam Ward is your guy and he has a timeline, I think his timeline would fit into the next few days, potentially. Like, I think his family and talking to his, his dad the other day, they didn't say they were going to make the decision in the next few days, but he said after the visit, they got home on Saturday, Cam was going to go fishing. They're going to take a day to decompress and talk about it as a family. And they didn't have any other visits afterwards. So like reasonable, right. That the next few days could be that timeline, but like if you're FSU and you're trying to put the finishing touches on a top five class, this is really important, man. I need to get this done. No, I agree. No, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't think you, I don't think you're on the phone at this very moment telling DJ, we want you to commit this very soon. Right. Right. I think you're allowing the ward situation to play out knowing that DJU exists as a possibility as well and seems to have more patience or at least an expectation of more patience with the process. And I think you let that go. It's natural order. I think, yeah. But I will say, like, with the Cam Ward situation, I think Miami's in the same boat, right? Like, I think Florida State and Miami would both prefer to have their quarterback of the you know next season in the boat by Wednesday. So that might, being that Miami and FSU are the two large finalists for um, – for Cam Ward, I, I do think that the timeline probably gets accelerated to yeah, at some point before Wednesday. And one other interesting like part of information in this that I think is worth passing along, like FSU with – are we doing video for this podcast, by the way? Because I look like a weirdo right now with how I'm like holding my arms. I just Let's like, do it. Everyone has to hold their arms like a this. A little bit better. Um, okay, but that's fine. Uh, I think with – do you think I have ADHD? Yes. Uh, continue. Um, I think with the Miami aspect of this recruitment, what's so so interesting is like Florida State feels very at peace, I believe, with the two options they have. And I would venture to say it is a hundred percent, 99% likelihood they end up with one or the other. Miami had Will Howard officially visit as well, the Kansas State transfer, who also then went and OV'd with USC. And now he's being crystal balled there. USC. I don't like the Cam Ward recruitment becomes essential to them in my estimation. Just from what I can gather, that's not talking to Miami people or anything like that. Like, and so that will add a dynamic into this recruitment as well. Like, if Miami gets win that Florida State leads, what do they do? Like, we were told, and I'll be as direct as I can be that like we think the Ward family enjoyed the Florida State visit more. We think the NIL opportunities at Miami are slightly more robust, but I don't know if it's a crazier amount or anything like that. I don't know the exacts on that. So we are going to see these data points kind of play out. We're going to see what shifts here in the next couple of days. Uh, if the family still has the intent to, to maybe discuss making a decision in the next few days. Very interesting. Probably just outlined all this and something's going to happen in the next hour. So we good on quarterback. Is there anything else that we can discuss before we move on? No, I mean, I'll add just, and we spoke about some of this. We wrote about some of this. Uh, yeah. Both guys impress the staff. D 
DJU and Cam Ward, both impressed the staff with how they operate, how they handle themselves, the questions they ask, their football knowledge, how they go about things, their experience in the game. Again, I don't think FSU feels like they can go wrong with either young man. I I agree. I feel personally too, like I have a preference, um, but I think FSU feels good. I think they have a preference. Um, we'll let the dust settle and we'll be transparent, but we think the preference was one way or the other afterwards. Cool. Um, all right, let's talk about another transfer who was on campus officially visiting this weekend. And that is a familiar name, one we laid out a little bit uh, on the last podcast, but but he was indeed here. And that's Marvin Jones Jr. Georgia transfer is a two-year player at Georgia former top five prospect or top, or sorry, five-star prospect, top 20 prospect nationally in the 2022 cycle uh, has played about 300 snaps at Georgia over the last two years, uh, saw years, saw his role expanded quite a bit from true freshman to sophomore this past season. So has a world of potential hasn't quite lived up to yet. Uh, and as a side note, his father, Marvin Jones, senior FSU legend uh, legacy. FSU was very much so in this recruitment a couple years ago. Uh, heck, FSU had been hosting Marvin Jr. on uh, visits since Willie Taggart was getting fired. Chris, want to give that story to their new listeners who maybe weren't around a few years ago? Uh, it was him and what, Dallas Turner? Is that who it was Zach? I that was with him? I don't remember. Zach was there yeah. with me. Yeah. Zach's talking to Dallas Turner. We're at the Bowden statue. I'm talking to Marvin Jones Jr., realizing it's Shade Tree's son. First time I really dealt with him. At this point, I believe he's a sophomore. He's kind of a wide receiver, DN type, skinny, not like he looks now, where he's 250 plus. And uh, yeah, Willie Taker goes driving by. And I think roughly 15 minutes later is when the whole world knew Willie Taker had just been fired. So, yeah. so Marvin was here. Well, Reggie Grimes was on an official same yeah. day. He was at what? He signed with what, Oklahoma or something? Yeah, I think he's actually in a portal right now. I think I saw oh, that wow. recently. Yeah, so they're, back. They're going to be times throughout this this episode where our tone is going to be judged uh, and maybe not considered ideal for where fans would like for us to be leading them in the final few days before the early signing period. Uh, but for context, we can smile because it's a whole hell of a lot different. And the problems that they have now maybe aren't the problems that you had four years ago. And that is a really good thing. Uh, so with the Marvin Jones junior recruitment, he was here, he got here on Saturday, a little later in the day, mm -hmm. left pretty late five, six o'clock uh, on Sunday evening. Chris was out there pretty much all day, did not get the interview. Marvin politely declined. Um, for people who get mad at us being out there for interviews, players will decline and we say, have a great day, and they go on their way. They're allowed to not do an interview if they don't want to. Um, with that being said, what kind of feeling did we get from either talking to sources or trying to – what information do we have on this recruitment right now where Florida State stands? For a player who, who by the way, is, is pretty important because – uh, a portal defensive end is essential and he's probably the top guy on your board right now. I'll paint the scene a bit and then hand it off to Zach here. Uh, he made it in around midday on Saturday. Dad came into town. I believe dad came from Alabama where he has a place. Uh, actually saw dad on Saturday. Never actually saw a junior on Saturday just because of travel dynamics. Mom and sister also were here. I don't know if they both came together from South Florida or if just mom came from South Florida. And uh, I guess their flight was a little bit delayed. That threw Saturday a little into chaos as far as the schedule holding up as expected. Uh, he went to practice Saturday, checked that out, came back Sunday, also went to practice, did breakfast, saw mom and sister at breakfast on Sunday morning at Madso. A lot of players left from Madso. Uh, as far as the official visitors, went over to the morn and then departed from their visits. 
Marvin came over to the facility, did a bunch of stuff over there, met with several people. Pat Sertan was very involved in this. You got to remember, that's his high school coach. Um, <laughs> apparently, Marvin's mother was also team mom, I believe, when Marvin was a senior at AH, at American Heritage. So, uh, you know, Sertan's familiarity with the young man and his family is pretty deep. Obviously, FSU has a great deal of familiarity with his father. Guys like Odell Higgins and such have a lot of longtime history with Shade Tree himself. Um yeah, Junior keeps low profile. It, truthfully, this weekend with him reminded me a lot of his high school visit weekends. He's not a kid that loves the limelight, spotlight. He's not an interview kid. Uh, you know, I don't think he enjoys photos being taken. Like, he doesn't really want that. And this weekend felt similar to that. But he was around the staff a lot, a lot of Pat. Odell was around a good bit. Mom was around a good bit. Uh, sister was consistently with Mom when I saw them. And, uh, yeah, I think for Marvin, it was kind of seeing what the team looked like, how they operate, get a feel for the coaching staff in the sense of watching them coach a practice and, you know, spending some time with Mike Norvell. But Zach got a little more intel, so I'm going to hand it off to him. Yeah, I, I know that his time with Mike Norvell was, according to, you know, sources that I was speaking with, that went really well. Um, they had some really good conversations some really productive conversations over the weekend. I heard that Marvin told Norvell, at some point over the weekend that he had forgotten how much he loved Florida state. This, he said this place. Um, so it's clear that he had a really good time. You know, obviously, like you said, Chris, he, he didn't talk to the media afterwards, but everything we're hearing following the visit is pretty positive surrounding where FSU stands to our knowledge. He did not take any other visits um, to any other schools in his transfer process, obviously entered in the latter portion of um, this past week makes it to FSU over the weekend. Miami was kind of the other school rumored to be involved, but we don't know, you know, we, he obviously didn't visit there and, you know, don't think that um, they're a huge factor at this point. So just interested to see kind of where this one goes from here. Yeah. He's an important one for FSU. They have a need at that position. You know, they need to hit uh, things are still in flux with the current roster and who will stay, who will go. Obviously we've seen some of the uh, things that the defensive line group has been doing which makes you probably uneasy about whether or not they're definitely going to be here in the coming weeks and months. So with that in mind and at a position where we're already losing one A and Jared first, you got to go get some dudes. And FSU only brought in a limited amount of guys here in the last couple of weeks at that position from the portal. Kyle Kennard commits South Carolina from Georgia Tech. Obviously a commitment from the portal guys only means so much so they're actually enrolled and such. But one would think Kennard's more than likely going to stick with that South Carolina commitment. They also brought in Sam Ogallala, from Pitt, he uh, he's a quiet one himself, does not talk on it. Pretty sure he went and saw somebody, maybe a couple people in the last week, but we've had trouble confirming for a fact that he definitely saw these folks. But we've heard, I think, what, uh, USC, maybe Colorado. I know we're a couple that were tossed around and uh, not sure when he's going to make his decision. So with all that being said, you need individuals at the position who are talented and the options are becoming more and more limited as guys come off the board. Fidel Diggs probably going to Syracuse. You know, some of the other names we've talked about. LT Overton looks like it's going to end up somewhere beyond FSU of Bama or somebody like that. So with that all in mind, you had Marvin Jones on campus. You need to close that situation. He is a guy who has high upside. Physically, he looked great. He's developed really well since his high school days. Very filled out. Uh, still looked a heck of a lot like himself, just much thicker and much more put together. And that's a that's a hat tip to that Georgia strength and conditioning program. So I do think FSU closes it out. I do think he ends up at Seminole, but it has to be done. Would you guys say in all seriousness that throughout my 
my time podcasting and, and covering FSC that I've I've done a an adequate job of having a finger on the pulse of momentum and when it's time to panic about a certain situation to maybe say, all right, let's start digging into whether we should sound the alarms. And when I've preached patience, it's usually been okay for the most part. Fair, for the most part, yes. For fair track record. Okay. I do not think I'm ready to push a panic button yet, but I do think we're at the point here in covering this program that Florida State needs a shot in the arm. And whether that's in the form of MJJ, uh, I think Cam Ward buys you more of an energy boost than than a DJ Uangalale. Um As we record this on Monday afternoon, like, I think it's important to to get these kind of things moving before the early signing period here. Yeah, I mean, in, in the last 15 days, it's kind of sucked around these parts, to so just put it brutally honest. I mean, the CFP does what the CFP does. You have two visit weekends, and obviously you hope you made inroads, but obviously no news has actually been produced from those to this point in time. And sometimes that's preaching patience, and that's not the easiest thing. But, yeah, I mean, FSU's had a kind of limited scope view to the portal. I think there's mixed elements of that. I think in some ways they view some of the portal options as somewhat lackluster, not referencing guys they've actually brought in, but the options of other guys they opted not to bring in is what I'm saying. And yeah, you got to start closing. You got to get your quarterback. That's a position of need. You got to get your edge. You probably actually need two at that position. And, you know, with the news of like a DJ Lundy officially entering linebackers in that position that you're probably going to need to see some progress at. And we have not seen that progress at that position. And that is discouraging. That is disappointing. But that it will become a necessity. What we have to remember is there's another portal window in the sense of guys being able to visit in early January. And obviously the portal is kind of a never-ending thing. And the ultimate goal is to have the right 85 when August rolls around. But it's obviously a very nice luxury to have guys who you believe in and trust in for 15 spring practices. And that's sort of the window we're in right now. What were you going to say, Zach? I was going to say, like, remember the conversation we were having a couple months ago about linebacker and how you were going to be super reliant on linebacker recruiting in the portal because the high school recruiting at linebacker has been not good enough. And yeah. I think we're seeing the results of that right now. Like they're, they need a linebacker or two out of the portal. And there's maybe one quality guy in the portal besides DJ Lundy, who just left your roster. And yeah. He, I mean, the Dumas Johnson kid that entered yeah. from Georgia is somebody that he took FSU's been visits. involved with. They've talked to him some. He went to yeah. Kentucky, he went to Auburn. He did not show yeah. up at FSU. You yeah. know, again, you're stuck in that yet. short window view. Yeah. But like, if I'm FSU, I would have been trying to get them on campus Saturday and Sunday. I think there was some in the camp who believed that effort should be made, but it obviously did not happen. Now we'll see if they bring them in. Yeah. It's what, January 4th to the 7th, I think, is that small window? It's something like yeah, that. Third to the 7th. Yeah, there's like one visit weekend. I will that say, like, probably be key. Yeah. Real quick, Zach, before we, uh, I do, I will say, like, FSU does really like Blake Nicholson and Juice Cryer. They're younger guys, but you also don't want them replacing in totality. Kalen DeLoach and Tatum Bethune. Omar Graham's another one that you can include in. There's a difference in like thinking that they have bright upside or like bright futures at Florida State to vaulting them into a starting position. And you're more you're saying the high school recruiting is not good enough. It's good to have a safety. But this is exactly what I was preaching on months ago to where you'd have to become portal dependent at the position where like this is not, there's usually typically not a robust market for linebackers in the portal. And once again, that's the case. It's one of the least robust markets this portal cycle so far, two weeks in. Yes, I know. It goes good cliche. They should have struck when the iron was hot with the kid that entered from UGA. 
Oh, for sure. And, they did it. and there are people in the and building that, that are limiting that from happening. So yeah, and that's worrisome for me. I, I've long been a believer of go spend well at linebacker because you're losing a top two at that position. You're gonna need to add something there of good quality to give you that safety and that guy who you know you can rely upon. And if the others elevate and become starters, and that's all well and good, it's great to have a two deep that you feel really, really good about. I, if you have I to do that, and that is somewhat a red flag to me. We we are on that point, like we're talking about something micro right here. But yes. I think if we take the the macro and we go bird's eye view on it. I think a larger area of, of concern that all three of us might have, and if I'm speaking out of turn, please let me know, but that's at the transfer portal. And this is something that FSU did so well last cycle. And it's consistently done well under Mike Norvell. And it feels different this year. It moves so very fast and it's so rapid. And it, it, you have to be able to move quickly. And you it have to be able to together with your entire staff on board to go after a singular prospect or two especially at a position that Zach is mentioning isn't super quote unquote robust. I love that he's using robust, right? They seem to have a lukewarm interest in a lot of the poor guys. Well, I think here's my theory on it. And I'm I, not in love with a lot of poor guys. So like, I get it, but there's fair, also a matter fair. of like, will the market improve? You, know, you can always hope the market improves, but will it actually and improve? They, and we saw last year, like you thought you can go ahead and grab a safety at any given time in the transfer you portal, and you a third it. safety. Yeah. And you did it. And it, you went 13 and 0 and you put up a top 10 defense. But it was something that you had to kind of work around throughout the season. And they did. Credit to the coaching staff. It's a good coaching staff that figures out how to use its strengths and hide its weaknesses really well. It was still an issue with personnel. And it was something that they thought they can go ahead and, and fix. And, and they couldn't fix it. They had to hide it. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, my theory as to why we've seen kind of the sluggish start for Florida State in the portal so far is I think, like, after a season where you go 13-0, and you have the number three ranked recruiting class following the season still have that number three ranked obviously I could shift over the next few days but like I think they went into the portal season with almost like a you know Alabama slash Georgia mentality of like oh we'll just add a few guys you know elite guys at certain positions because we're in a power position now well you have schools like Ole Miss and South Carolina and Missouri who are landing some elite players in the portal. And, you know, these aren't the Georgias and Alabamas, the Blue Bloods that are landing these big fish in the portal. It's the schools with high NIL resources that are investing a ton in portal recruiting. This is like that's been the trend for Florida State over the past few years is they dominate the portal because they work harder than anyone in the portal in trying to develop relationships really quickly, immediately, once a guy enters the portal. I I don't think that was the case when the portal officially opened um, two weeks ago. And yeah. I think um, now people are realizing like, hey, we have issues on our roster right now because, you know, they were already going to have issues with a ton of guys leaving to the draft and due to eligibility. But now they're having issues retaining players. And I'm not saying that that's their fault. They're, the retaining stuff is a completely different discussion. Yeah, but it if, is happening. If a player leaves thinking they're going to make five times more than yeah, what they're actually going to make. Oh, like, absolutely. That, yeah, that's, that's not their fault. I'm not I'm not blaming them for that. But their response is their fault. You have to be prepared for things like that. Couple yeah, you seem to have to have a rob another a robust board of options ready for absolutely positions that seem problematic or because or... regardless, you're going into next season okay. with a lot like no linebacker that has like 
a ton of starting experience. DJ Lundy was like kind of a co-starter this year, but like he's not a guy that you can rely on down to down at linebacker, regardless if he stayed on the roster or not. Well, and now if he's not on the roster, which he's not, he's in the transfer portal. We'll see. I don't not know if he would be allowed to return if he goes into, I don't, I don't know what that one is. Like when Rodney Hill left, was in the transfer portal. I was led to believe he would not be able to come back. Some guys he made can. his choice is how it was put to me on Rodney. Oh, no. Well, well, well said. Someone like Malcolm Ray, I think, could come back if he wanted to. Is right. Malcolm actually entered officially? He is not officially in there. He shared his yeah. intentions on um, the 11th, so we're a week removed from that. He was around this week, and he also graduated, so I don't know if he was waiting until he graduated. Hey, real week. quick on this point, tons of like players that we've covered for beyond like four years, like veterans, like five, six-year guys, like graduated this weekend. That was yeah. really cool. To see. I think it was 23 total graduates from football. If I awesome. remember correctly. Awesome. Like to see Darius Washington graduate, Kalen Deloach, like guys who've been through. DJ Lundy was another one that graduated. Uh, it's, it's cool. So uh, a shout out to them. Well, Jerry and Jones. Um, what, what are you smiling about? No, just like Chris is like, Oh, DJ Lundy. I mean, well, I mean, I guys. think there's, I, I think for some guys, graduation in the current climate of college football, graduation is a pivot point of do I stay where I've been now that I have my degree or go somewhere else because well the opportunity is better the finances yeah. are better or I just need to change the for sure Derek McClendon was an example of that he graduated uh tour of duty completed and his family's like cool like you're an adult now you you do you make the decision that you want that you think is best for you and he thought it was best elsewhere so yeah that, that's a good point Chris um but I'd say in all this uh, back to my initial point. I can't believe I'm going to remember and actually get back to it as I drink my fifth cup of coffee on the day. Um, I think that now with DJ Lundy off the roster, if you're talking about negotiating or trying to have something other than playing time to sell to a transfer linebacker, which guess what? If you're taking a veteran transfer at, at a position, playing time is something that all of them are going to have uh, offered to them. Uh, I think that hurts your negotiation aspect a little bit. Because you need a linebacker. This isn't like you can say, oh, we really like DJ Lundy and we like Omar Graham. We have two young guys who we think are going to be fine stepping into bigger roles now. As you got Omar Graham, who was your fourth linebacker last year, and, and two guys who were true freshmen last year. Yeah, and you're dealing with a market that's already out of whack. So, yeah, cash considerations have increased. Opportunities. Sure, however you want to phrase it. We're South almost 30 minutes in. This is a dereliction of duty on my end to not give a shout out to our sponsor for the podcast, Chattanooga Whiskey. I got the in-laws coming in a couple of days. I cannot wait uh, to pour some Chattanooga Whiskey for them to enjoy and for them to yeah, try. For, not, them. Not, for Not for me. Uh, I am for looking, them or because of them? I am looking. No, they will They will enjoy the heck out of this Chattanooga Whiskey because uh, – uh, mother-in-law has like tried bourbon before and she's like oh i think i get a cherry note so we're gonna do like taste testing with every single one of them and see what notes she can pick up uh and there's gonna be beautiful notes of dark chocolate and brown sugars and baking spices and, and we're gonna see if she can pick it up because a uh, chattanooga whiskey is a complex delicious adventure bourbon rye uh, different experimental batches they do an amazing job you can find them throughout the southeast been very very enjoyable to have them as a sponsor gotten a few bottles out of it too and i'm not complaining at all uh we are going to pivot from talking about transfers and the transfer market uh to some of the high school prospects who are on campus this past week uh and i think the big news uh, uh all right yeah i think the bigger the biggest story is kj bolden fsu's five-star safety shows up uh he does his official visit 
actually, I need a break to stop talking and catch my breath for a second. I got you. Can you, I'll, can you I'll set the table of the official. And, and then I'll come to cool. I, I need a second to gather myself. Thank so, you. yeah, we had six high school official visitors, five of which are already committed to the Seminoles. KJ Bolden being the highest ranked of that bunch. 15th. These are composite rankings. 15th overall, number one at his position. Listed as a safety, FSU views him as a DB. He can certainly play corner. I think he'll have an opportunity here. KJ is set to sign and enroll at his school of choice here over the next couple weeks, signing in the coming days and enrolling in the coming weeks. You know, going into the visit, it was FSU-Auburn. Georgia, a little bit still worth the mention, but really it was FSU-Auburn. Coming out of visit, he says it's FSU, not to worry about Auburn. Well, hey, here we are. We're still a little worried about Auburn. Before Brendan comes back because he's trying to get his voice back, other guys that came in already committed were Cameron Davis, running back from Albany, Georgia. Very solid. Talked about wanting to be a leader. Looks like a million bucks. Been committed for three years. Exactly what you want. Jamari Trackstar Howard was here. Uh, talked to Jamari for almost 75 seconds, which might be a new record. Jamari's not a talker, but uh, happy to be signing with FSU ready to get here. Jamari hung out a lot with, with Lewayne McCoy, another official visitor who was in, who's already committed to FSU, wide receiver from Miami Central, top 150 guy in the composite. FSU likes Lewayne a lot. He's actually been committed since April. There was a little bit of unsteadiness at times there into the summer months. That's very much gone away. His family seemed to really enjoy He's it. He's now tweeting out decisions, decisions. There's a lot of yeah. Twitter stuff today that's just not making FSU. Yeah. Two days, three days before signing day. Like 87 of them will do it and two of them will act on it. <laughs> uh, Manasseh Atite was also in from out west, actually from Democratic Republic of Congo, but lives out in Modesto, California these days. He came with his host family, seemed to have a really good time. Really nice kid. Very easy to talk to. He likes Alex Atkins a lot. And then the one, un, the one, com- Sorry, one individual who is uncommitted, I kept trying to say unofficial, there is Amari Williams, who we, as a company, broke the news, I think Thursday evening, that he was going to come in, also reclassify officially. I know they're going to put out there that reclassification was certainly a possibility. North Palm Beach kid from Benjamin School, Jordan Travis's school. Dad played in the NFL. Very talented edge kid. FSU has been involved with him for a good while. I think he had taken three Visits basically in the last 13 months, dating back to the Florida game in November of 2022 to Florida State. Was back here this weekend with mom, dad, some others for a lengthy weekend. Seemed to really enjoy himself. The question there now is, will he decide this week? And can he be an early enrollee? Which I honestly don't know the answer to that. A second one. And on the first one, I think it's still to be determined as of right now. But I think Brendan wanted to start here with KJ Bolden. So here you go, Brendan. And we will talk about Amari Williams in a couple of minutes because it's connected to another recruitment that we discussed and seemed to have some finality to it. But anyways, I, I digress. We'll get to that. KJ Bolden is the prospect, I think, that we were most interested to, to talk to and to hear from because he's been committed to FSU since August. But when he committed to FSU in August, we knew at that time that FSU would have to continue to recruit a top 10 prospect nationally and that Georgia and Auburn were very much so in the mix at that time. And those two programs have remained in the mix since then with really it feeling like most of the, the external buzz, you know, uh, away from what we're hearing uh, more the outside type of stuff is coming from Auburn. And there's reporting that uh, from our 24 seven side of Auburn, that KJ was potentially going to visit Auburn this weekend, which um, if you're familiar with FSU recruiting, pay close attention to it. Keldrick Falk vibes, if, if that were to have come to fruition, where he was at FSU for the last weekend of the OV, and then on the way home, uh, went to uh, went to Auburn, and that was that. He just played his freshman season at, at Auburn. So uh, I say all that to, to say that we were very curious to see what the timeline was going to be for K.J. Bolden, and he left pretty much so in the morning, Now he brought his family with them, like 
about six, seven or so family members. Yeah. Mom, dad, both sets of grandparents and mothers. And one of his grand grandparents, one of his grandmas was very much so involved, like in the recruiting process. And, um, and so anyway, these are people who are very important in his life and important for the, to have them all there on, on the official visit, right? Like that's, that's important. We're told like that they really enjoyed everything. Uh, there was talk about them, like looking for his home for the next few years, like, you know, going shopping for that kind of like, so all those things are important in that play there that, that all felt really good. Uh, Afterwards, we were able to talk to KJ for a few minutes. Uh, he was packing. Basically, he was taking luggage from one car to another. He had a giant box, like an FSU box. I have no idea what was in it. Probably would have been good reporting to, to ask. But uh, everything seemed pretty great and, and jolly and jovial and the way you would want that to, to, to feel. Uh, we talked to him for about two or three minutes. And then Grandma came and said, hey, we really have to hit the road. And KJ left without us getting to ask him about, hey, are you shut down? Uh, hey, are you going to visit Auburn uh, this weekend? And we were basically able to get you know, to avoid a freak out from the fan base and uh, to to take some pressure, I think, off of of KJ too. Um, we were able to get him to come back and and to clarify uh, and answer a couple of questions. Uh, one reporter asked him if he was planning to sign with FSU uh, on on Wednesday, uh, and he said, "quote unquote." Uh, Come on, man, you know that. He's like, I just got my, and then paraphrase, he said, I just got you know my paperwork, so I can't really speak more on that. But he said, come on, you know that. So I think pretty good of a reading between the lines there. And then I asked him point blank, hey, there's a lot of rumors out there. You might be visiting Auburn later today. Is is that going to happen? Uh, and he said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. As far as we know, he did not make it up to Auburn. Uh, so that's the data points. That's what we have right now. I know it isn't like everything, but it's something. And I think I feel inching towards feeling a little bit better about keeping him than I did maybe going into the weekend uh, when some of the Auburn reporting started to kind of take shape. Um, but we'll we'll see. I still have a feeling that this will be a recruitment that Auburn continues to really chip away at here in the last two days. It is worth noting that national reporters for both us and other networks have kind of kept that open-ended here over the last 24 hours of they're keeping an eye on that. So like, that's part of the reason it hasn't been put to bed. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, I don't think the doors shut on Auburn in this recruitment. Um, and I think it'll be something to monitor, but I do think that the weekend makes me feel better. It makes Florida state feel better about keeping them in the class. I think if you looked at all of it, like as objectively as possible without the, contamination of Keldrick Falk last year, Travis Hunter a few years ago, or just us covering recruiting and knowing how weird it is. If I were just to tell an outsider, this guy's been committed for three months. You're the last school that he's speaking to. You got him in for an official visit. He brought his family. They looked at apartments and they went straight home. Like, I think if you say it all in that way, like that feels really good. Yeah. But, but then the good old PTSD kicks in for us folks. Um. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it will be something that we monitor, uh, but that is, uh, those are data points. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Amari Williams. Chris mentioned the reclassification, good looking prospect in terms of like upside and what he could be um, six foot four, legitimately frame, play some tight end, play some defensive end. I think his future would be at defensive end. Like that's what that man should put his young man should put his attention to, because he could be really good at it uh, given, given his potential. Um, 
not a coincidence. I think that news came out about Emory classifying and then taking the FSU official visit uh, around the same time, Zachary, that uh, the final chapter or maybe the penultimate chapter with now just a, a flip and a letter now being the, the final, um, you know, the final parts of this story that are all but expected. That's Armando Blunt basically snubbing FSU, uh, kind of just going quiet and ending up at Miami for the weekend for his final official visit. Yeah. I mean, I think we covered it pretty well in the last podcast, but everyone, I think besides Brendan has flipped their crystal ball to Miami. Um, and show crystal ball. <laughs> I think we are, uh, we are all expecting that to occur at some point over the next few days. I, I guess on Wednesday, um, for Armando Blunt to officially. Why wouldn't you tell me that I hadn't done that? I forgot. He I did. He did. Yeah, did. He definitely texted you. I know that. Also, didn't you originally put in a Blunt crystal ball on a show to flip to FSU? So it feels like it's come full circle. If nothing, there's sweet symmetry and poetry to this. Wow. FSU tried to go in home Friday. Never gotten home. He went to Miami. Looks like that's going to be his home. Yeah. Man, I cannot wait for our end of cycle podcast that we're going to do where we kind of explain some of the stuff the shenanigans <laughs> there's just like i'm thinking back over the last few days man i started on the podcast saying that like it's just wild man i don't like, even I'm, think that's the wildest recruit thing oh, for sure. have to yeah share. we have a document with like saving all the recruitments we need to talk about afterwards but man hey guys just, you'll be shocked to know as i put it in the crystal ball to flip and 24 7 is currently having some issues uh they're working to fix the issues so and that kid flips to Miami and my crystal ball score gets broken. I'm I'm 2-11, I put it in. 2-11 p.m., let the record show. All right. But yeah, but, uh, Amari Williams. He so is, Amari uh, Williams was the response there, Zach. Yeah, he's tied into this because right after that happened on Thursday, a few hours later, Steve Wolfong of 24-7 Sports broke that Amari Williams out of Benjamin School the four-star edge in the 25 class was reclassifying to 2024 and then taking the OV to FSU this weekend, this past weekend. So he made it up for the trip. My takeaway, like, you know, trip went really well. I think the interview was, was pretty solid. It seemed like he liked it a lot. The only thing that matters here to me is, is he signing Wednesday or not? Cause if he's not signing Wednesday, I think this is a pretty bit bad miscalculation for Florida state. But if he is, then I think it's a, a sat like a really good move. So yeah. I think that truly is what matters the most. If he extends his recruitment to February, I have a really hard time projecting him to end up at FSU, considering schools like Miami, Georgia, Florida, a bunch of other programs were in the mix for him in his 2025 recruitment. And I think those schools still want him at their program. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he decides. He was indecisive on whether he would – sign on Wednesday or not when um, speaking to sources inside the building. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what he decides to do um, regarding his signing. I thought in talking to him after his official visit and just kind of him like being coy and like almost like, like smiling at stuff, like asking about like, what are your plans? Are you going to sign on Wednesday somewhere? Are you going to keep it going? He kind of said, I don't know. And seems sheepish and, I could have sworn like those would have all been like tells of like someone who's probably going to shut things down and was like smitten after their official visit. But I, I don't know. 
He is ranked number 193 overall by the 247 composite. He did get moved into 2024 class for ranking purposes. He's actually listed as an athlete, but as we said, we believe he's an edge. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to play some Buyer Sinone early signing period edition. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back to On the Bench. Uh, let's play Buyer Sinone. Who's it sponsored by, guys? The Turner Group. The Turner Group. If you want to buy your wife a house for, you know what? You want to buy your husband and your, your wife or anyone. You know what? Sorry, Colin. Just if you want to buy someone you love a house for Christmas or for any holiday, all inclusive here uh, on On the Bench. Uh, the Turner Group. And you know, it doesn't matter because you're not going to close on it before Christmas anyways. But if one person could expedite that process, it would be Colin Turner, Amy Turner, Becky, everyone at the Turner Group. Uh, they do an exquisite job buying, selling homes throughout the state of Florida. Uh, Colin is a legitimately great human being, works really hard, super well connected. So if you are in all seriousness, contemplating whether to enter the buying or selling market, uh, I think that there is no one who I could recommend better out there than Colin Turner. So go ahead and look up the Turner group. Uh, they can get all your contact information there. If you need help uh, from my end, talking uh, to Colin, getting in touch, please let me know. And I will, uh, I will make that happen. So the Turner group. All right, gents, let's play some by or Sanone. Zach is on the phone by or Fanone. Uh, but when he's done, uh, he will join us, Chris. I think what we're going to do here is go down the line prospects who are kind of, on the cusp, uncommitted guys, flip targets, guys FSU's trying to hold on to. Simple question. Buy or Sano? Do you think I'm sure I'll mess it up though? Don't worry. Buy would be, I'm sure you will too. Uh buy will be they sign with FSU. Sanone will be they do not sign with FSU. All right. I and got the rules. You, you understand it. And just because I know you're a man who does not want to be painted into a corner, this is non-binding. I'm good this with is, that. This is on a Monday afternoon and, and things can change, but for the sake of where we think things are trending right now. So let's start off with someone who's putting on some stuff on the Twitter sphere and there's been 
reports elsewhere on it. Okay, maybe looking elsewhere. Charles Lester. Bye. 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 All right. Uh, Zach's not here, but he's going to say I bye. mean, I've seen him on campus four times, I think, in the last eight days. I definitely did back-to-back days, including the day he was taking his physical. I saw him again. I believe it was yesterday. And I think there was one other. I've been on campus so damn much lately that I feel like he's the only person that's been on campus maybe more than me. You know what? If Prime was somehow able to pull that one off, it would be a next level one even for him, right? To have the kid chilling in Tallahassee for days leading up to the early signing period. So, um, bye. Zach, are, you, are we buying or synoning Charles Lester? To FSU, bye. I literally was just on the phone and got asked about that. Um, wow. Yeah, you were talking to Coach Prime and you're like, yeah, Prime himself. Thanks, Dion. Um, Dion in a locker. Exactly. He, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't buy all the Colorado stuff personally. I think uh, he's known it. I think he's uh, drumming it up for his – I didn't hear the question. So um, he's drumming up for his uh, signing like he did with his commitment where he took that visit to Colorado. Obviously didn't even take a visit to Colorado this time. But I guess you never know. But to me, I'm not really taking Colorado too seriously with Lester. Uh, we'll see if Zach can catch up with how the, the game's played here. Chris, we're not going to explain the rules for this Byers-Sanone episode. Uh, Chris Byers-Sanone, Jeremiah Smith. Sanone. Mm. Zach? Well, Chris has been pessimistic on Jeremiah Smith, so I'll buy. I've been at 51% for Florida State for more than a month now. More likely than not. Jeremiah Smith's last official visit was Florida State. To our knowledge, he did not go anywhere this weekend. That, I think, in totality is a win for Florida State. That's what I said, yeah. I wrote that um, in my article this morning. Well, that's great. Uh, where can you find that, Zach? Knowles247.com. Um, yeah, also, he hasn't been up to Ohio State in a few months. So that's another positive in Florida State's favor, in my opinion. This is, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna buy. I'm still Oh, uh, right. We're buyers and owning whether guys are going to sign to Florida State. There you go. Gotcha. I'm staying pessimist until he turns me into an offense. It's fair. We, uh, You know, we need to have some balance on this, so we can't be accused of being like a homer podcast if he stays to Ohio State, flips to Miami. FSU's done everything in their power to get the kid. Yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. I just, I've just i ridden optimism for a month and change now. I don't have anything that's necessarily made me pivot off of that other than just getting nervous as it gets closer to, to that moment. Uh, LJ McRae, by or known Zachary. Sinone. Chris. Sinone. I will Sinone as well. By or Sinone for LJ McRae, Auburn or Florida? I still think it will be Florida in the end. That's not a by or Sinone. Don't tell me how to play. It's my game. It's flawed. Next. I think it's more likely that he flips somewhere than he stays at Florida. I think it's like the episode of the Fresh Prince when Will Smith's the only guy left uh, closing closing out the house and it's all empty. Hilarious. By Orsonone, KJ Bolden. Bye. 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 I was like at 85%, I think, going into the weekend. During the weekend, I was probably down to 60%. Let's say 75% right now. I thought you were more confident after the week. Never mind. But I said into the weekend, I got I went it dipped down to 60. When I thought he wasn't going to talk to us for those couple minutes there on Sunday, I was down to like 49%. I was almost freaking out as much as you. By the way, Zach freaks out so much about KJ Bolden that whenever Zach calls me 
and my wife knows that he's talking to me, she just screams out KJ Bolden from across the house. I think you freaked out more about KJ Bolden in the last week. Well, now it's legitimate to freak out about. I'm doing it when it's in real time. So you're saying my concern was right all along? I'm saying I didn't care about your concern until just now. Okay. Thank you, Brendan and Ashley. By Orsonone, Denaz White. Bye. Bye. Did I say by Orsonone or by Ansonone? Let me or. get out of here. Uh, by Orsonone, Cam Ward. Hmm? Sinone. Also known. Oh. Um, buy. I'll buy. That was convincing. Uh, it's not a hard buy. It's also not a soft Sinone. Buy or Sinone. DJ Uyangalale. I'm going to buy. Buy for Chris. Buy for Zach. I, if I say buy for Camor, I have to say Sinone for DJ. Unless you take both, which I don't think is on the table. Finally, no. buy or Sinone. Marvin Jones Jr. Bye. Bye. Wow. Um, bye. You, I, I, I think it's important to wrap this one up, and I think FSU finds a way to do so. All right. So uh, that'll do it for this episode of On the Bench. Uh, please, please, please check out Knowles 24-7. Uh, your patronage keeps us going and employed, uh, so that's helpful. But if you're legitimately interested in knowing more about Florida state recruitments uh, behind the scenes stuff. Like we take a lot of pride in the work that we do work really hard. Ask your friends who might be on those 24 seven and hopefully they give you a high uh, endorsement for us. But uh, thank you gentlemen for making time in this busy day to go ahead and, and talk a little bit about FSU football. Thank you to our sponsors, the Turner group, as well as Chattanooga whiskey. Uh, we are going to get out of here. I don't know when we're going to talk to you guys next, maybe signing day, maybe the next day. TBD. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.